Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This week, well, I mean, it's still kind of pre-summit, so there's not a whole lot of news, or is there? Details to follow. My name is Ryan Spilkin, and I'm here today with Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burrell. Welcome to the two of you. Good to see you, as always. Likewise. Nice to be here, Ryan. Always a pleasure. So, yeah, I mean, this is our first of two pre-summit podcasts, and, uh... There's some there are some point releases. There were, there were definitely point releases point for Bamboo, releases. Jira Server, Confluence. Um, some nice, I mean, some aesthetic stuff. Minor. Cool. Yeah, it's all right. I, I mean, not much else going on, is there, Ryan? Well, yes, there is because just yesterday, when we're recording this, Atlassian announced that they had acquired a little company called AgileCraft. This was some shocking news. Uh, often we would expect to either hear this at Summit or, or a little bit closer. We're still uh, about three weeks out. And my first thought was Agilecraft? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, there are people at Adaptivist who are quite familiar with it, but it's, it's not something I'd engaged with before. But as I started looking at it, kind of excited. It's one of the things that we've struggled with in the Atlassian space for a while is really comprehensive portfolio management particularly at an enterprise level for, for things like scale to Agile Framework or less. This looks like a real good tool for, for fitting into that space. And has certainly generated some questions of what does this mean for the future of portfolio for Jira? Or for tempo budgets or for easy BI or for big picture mm-hmm. or for structure, et cetera, et cetera. Though, as I was looking at it, one of the big questions I have, and I look forward to exploring more at summit, hearing from them and, and you know, their thoughts. Um, it looks to me like it's a bit of a different target audience. Uh, like it's really targeting very large enterprises who are really, um, looking to go in all in on this, uh, whereas a lot of the the apps are more at the not necessarily small medium business level, um, but uh, it's a bit less monolithic, right? Whereas whereas Agile Craft is like this is the the monolith. This is the you are getting a end to end solution uh, while still letting your your teams and your developers work in Jira. Um, so it seems like a, a bit different placement, but I look forward to learning more. And keeping the news rolling with things that will be of interest to developers in particular, applications are now open for App Week in Berlin 2019. App Week is a chance for developers to get together, developers in the Atlassian Atlassian ecosystem to get together and see what happens, right? They're really looking to move cloud into that enterprise space. And so in the invite, which of course we'll share here in SoundCloud, they're saying they want to make sure that you're ahead of the game and that cloud apps meet demands. What demands do you think they meet? Enterprise demands? <laughs> I don't even know where you're going with that. No idea. What demands could an enterprise what what demands could a cloud app have? Is this is this focused on the user or is this exp- 
given that the the cloud environment's a shared environment, they're probably looking at performance at scale, uh, integration with and and like making sure apps play nice with each other, uh, good testing processes. Uh, if you are developing for cloud, um, and particularly if you can get to Berlin, June 3rd through 7th, hit up the link in the SoundCloud description to apply because this is an invitation-only event. Uh, so you want to get in your application early, let them know that you're interested. Um, if you are a developer working in the cloud space, well worth checking this out and uh, trying to get to this event to learn more about the, the place where you're making the tools. Um, and in addition to App Week in Berlin, um, Atlassian has published an ecosystem events roadmap. Um, this is on the ecosystem roundup blog post, uh, which we'll have a link to in the SoundCloud description. One of the items in there is a uh, roadmap of events. Um, it's not completely fleshed out. Some of the um, items do say various cities. Um, but there are going to be events, obviously, um, you know, Summit being the big one. App Week Berlin, there's going to be a team tour. There's something called Atlassian Open. Um, various cities that will run for a couple of months. There's going to be an Atlas Camp in Vienna in September um, and an App Week in Austin, Texas in November. So some other additional events to look forward to. If you can't make it to Berlin in June, uh, you may have some additional opportunities later in the year. In addition to that roadmap, that same ecosystem roundup also has some important information for those of you who develop apps for Jira Service Desk Server. Uh, there's some upcoming changes to the customer portal that may impact things. Uh, so if you are one of those vendors developing something to work with Service Desk Server, to learn more about those changes to the layout of the customer portal, and in particular, how it loads routes asynchronously, and that's going to impact uh, previously available globals. So you're going to need to uh, make some changes, uh, you know, potentially the dependencies of your app that they're specified in the right way, that it's working as expected with the new layout. Um, check out a uh, link in the SoundCloud to learn more specifics about that. And one more thing from that same developer blog is that the Confluence cloud navigation is updating. And this is a this links to a fairly extensive community post that if you're on Confluence Cloud, very worth your time to to peruse. Uh, I think that these changes really will enhance the Confluence experience, period. It's just a nice clutter, re reduction of clutter, um, surfacing the information you need directly where it needs to be, a, a good strategic use of the hamburger menu, the sidebar has been reconfigured to be easier to, to work with. It looks really good. I'm excited to see it. And we will, of course, link to that information in the, our SoundCloud description. But wait, there's more. Oh, in yeah. this blog post, uh, there's a link to some good documentation on Jira Expressions. Um, I will admit I was not familiar with Jira Expressions, but they are used to evaluate custom code in Jira entities. Um, so this is really aimed at developers, those that might be um, creating custom code around, say, workflow conditions or validators. Um, but there's some really interesting stuff in there, um, particularly around aggregation of data and conditional expressions um, that I think really expands some of the capabilities of what Jira is capable of. So um, if you're interested in that, there's um, a link to some really great documentation on Jira expressions. See, this stuff just gets me excited for what's going to hit at Summit. 
Like, I think these are all, there are, these are little breadcrumbs that they're giving us to say, hey, you remember that thing? Remember that thing? Well, this is what's going to come out of it. It is I'm, one of those things where it's, we've said for a couple of podcasts now, it's like things are kind of quiet. There's not much happening, but we're four weeks, three weeks in advance starting to see a few things bubble. And speaking of bubbles, in the Bitbucket server 6.1 release, there are some beautiful bubbles to look at. And that is that the, the, and this is strange because this is a cloud feature coming to server, which is not something we've seen a whole lot of. The day we've always hoped for. Except it would never come. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, kind of. But the Bitbucket server 6.1 now features the built-in commit graph. So it's a very nice visual representation of what has happened in your code. And I got to admit that when I looked at the GIF that they have on the documentation, which of course we will link in SoundCloud, I got a little like excited. I got a little like, oh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I don't even code and I get that. It, it was funny. Ryan showed this to me and I was just like, I, what's the big deal? This graph has been around forever. And I kept trying to find it. And then I realized, oh, wait, it's, it's there in cloud. And I've been using Bitbucket in the cloud lately. Um, not realizing this was an article for server. It feels like we so rarely get new shiny things in server these days. I just sort of assumed. And on top of that, it's not data center only. Wonder of wonders. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It is very pretty. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. This, this gif is somewhat hypnotic. That's what I'm saying. So if if you'd like to space out for a little bit and see a beautiful (laughs) graph, be sure to click the link in SoundCloud. (laughs) All right. So developers, 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 we've had enough. Yeah, the developers. <laughs> maybe, maybe the developers should just go home. <laughs> maybe they are already home. Should they might already be home. there. And if they're from Straya, now they can. Now Atlassian has rolled out an, a continent-wide remote working initiative. The entire continent of Australia, go home. <laughs> so, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, Australia, a lot of. For those of you who aren't aware. Uh, though Atlassian makes tools to help people collaborate over the internet and, and, and work remotely and asynchronously and everything, uh, their own staff, by and large, work in offices. Um, so they, they have an office building uh, in Austin and in San Francisco and in Sydney. And uh, so a large portion, not all, um, but the, the vast majority of Atlassians you know, work from offices. But in uh, CIO this week, uh, published at Lassian's launching an Australia-wide remote working initiative to kind of test uh, what's the response to working at home? How does it work out for them? Um, this is very exciting. You know, Ryan, Brenda, and I all work from home a uh, vast majority of the time. That's what we're, we're used to, and a lot of Atlassian partners do. Um, so I, I'm keen to say this. I have a, several friends at Atlassian who have been wanting to work from home, uh, and I feel pretty confident. I think this is going to go well. I like working from home. Gives, gives me the chance to pet the cat occasionally. And, um, you know, my lunch break is in my own kitchen, which is delightful. I don't have as slick as a co- of a coffee machine as I could. If you're listening out there and you have access to a slick coffee machine and you, you want to send me one, feel free. <laughs> there, there is that, but there's, there's a lot of really positive environmental impacts 
uh, you know, tends to result in a lot of uh, petroleum gas savings, decrease in emissions. Uh, you're like you said, you're able to, you know, cook. Um, so decrease in cost from eating out, uh, increase often in happiness because you don't have a commute going back and forth and that time that's kind of wasted. So um, there's, there's a lot of really positive impacts. I know for me as a rather extreme introvert, I work a lot better from home. I, I'm able to focus. I'm able to get stuff done. There's a lot of value to coming into the office. Like I'm here today. I get to talk to people, have some of those informal brainstorming sessions I wouldn't otherwise have. But when I need to get stuff done, working from home is what works for me to do it. I don't have the privilege of an office to go to. I'm the only adaptivist employee in the state of Washington. Um, <laughs> we're working on that. Um, and it can be kind of isolating. Um, I'm eight hours behind the main office, so sometimes I'm starting my morning as early as 6.30. It can be kind of difficult, you know, trying to also handle, you know, my family's getting ready for the day and I'm also trying to do work. And, and we do struggle a bit with isolation. There are a few tips in this article if you go to page two for um, working remotely. Um, and, and they talk a bit about, you know, having some informal time on like video chats to, to kind of help you feel uh, more together with your team. Um, and, and then there's the simple tip of just go outside once in a while. And, and I will admit I struggle with this, but um, you know, it's very easy to get into the, I'm just working, working, working um, cadence, but yes, going outside, just going for a walk really helps. Um, so there are definitely some pros and cons to remote working. I love the commute, um, you know, it's fantastic. My gas expenditures are quite low, um, but there can be some challenges as well. So um, I could I could talk about pros and cons of remote working probably at length, but I'm not going to. <laughs> shaking his head. Well, we look forward to hearing how this works out for Atlassian, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll have an update in um, maybe in a few months as they as they report back. I I assume we will have both an infographic and no fewer than five shirts printed about working at home. <laughs> That's probably in our future. As long as it's a hypnotic gif like the uh, Bitbucket commit mm -hmm. chart, I'm yeah. on board. I, I would expect nothing in one office and then we branched out all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes and, we come back together and merge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, sometimes we're in our pajamas, and sometimes we've put on our jeans and T-shirts. <laughs> we just can't tell. Thank you for listening to Adaptivist Live. We appreciate all of you, our listeners out there. If you want to get a hold of us, be sure to follow us on social media, at Adaptivist. For a link to all of the articles that we discussed on today's podcast, feel free to check the SoundCloud description. So, for Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burrell, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live. In what can only be considered a shocking turn of events, I didn't edit out any funny bloopers this episode. <laughs>